We're so thankful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Session two, ladies, session two. Are we excited? Are we excited? Do you have a great snack? I, I know you did because it's all gone. So I know that nothing was lost on you all. Thank you, Tony and the band. Are they just not incredible? They are just, I am privileged to call them friends. I really, really am. We did have a great first session, yes? Um, I know it was very heavy. I, don't, I, I know that, and um, I would apologize, but I didn't write the lesson, so God did. So if that was heavy, you can blame him. Um, and I apologize because at the start here, we're not going to get much lighter. Um, and again, I am not going to apologize because I didn't write the lesson. This was not in my notes. This was not in my outline when I began to put this lesson together, yet he took me here. So as we start this lesson, uh, this session, excuse me, <clears throat> we want to review uh, quickly first session, what we learned in it, and what is our theme? Standing. She is standing. She is standing. And we talked first about the fact that the noun standing means our position, our reputation, or our status. And we looked at how our identity in Christ comes from the Word of God, which says we are righteous. We are made holy based on the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Yes? It's our standing. And then from the noun, we're looking at that. I'm waiting until my mom took that flash. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm going to wait. She's got it. Okay. So, so she's got it. You got to do what the mom says. So you got to please the mom. So I was holding there for just one more moment, and I think I was going to do one too. So everybody look really engaged, and I'm going to stay right here because I got reamed out by my photographer saying, you're making a lot of, I should just stop talking. Okay, go, Ica. Okay, so uh, because I was like, did you get any without my face doing something very weird? And he said, no. And I said, okay, well, I will make them wait. Okay, we'll do another one? No, okay. So anyway, okay, so we got, we got standing, and you got that shot. Okay, so then as we are standing, and, and the fact that Christ stood in our place, now we get to stand righteous before God, but when we are standing righteous, our standing is, excuse me, righteous, now we stand and we're looking at five gifts, five birthrights of, uh, of being a child of God, a daughter of the king, and we're building a bullseye. I was also told that I was not very clear which way we're going. Are we going out from the circles or are we going in? See, this is what happens when you're a teacher, you kind of get the, the critique and you, I didn't know where you were going and I got to get my notes right. So the grace is on the outside. Grace is on the outside. So it's kind of like, it's the whole kind of thing. That's the whole bullseye, right? So, so the grace is on the outside. I apologize for not being clear for those of you who are note takers and are like really mad at me now that your notes are wrong. And so you're like, and now I have to write a new one. Now I have to start over and I have to get a new page. So that's why we gave you a lot of paper. Anyway, okay. So with a, uh, grace is out on the outside of the bullseye and then we're moving in and we went to what? Freedom. Went to freedom. We looked at the lady who was made straight. And she was stood up when she encountered Jesus Christ, and she was set free from her illness. So our next birthright as believers in Jesus Christ um, is, I just, 
said it, it's not easy. It's, it's not one that I would have taken you to because it's heavy and it's hard. But God is taking us here. Go to Joshua 7. Joshua is in your New, Old Testament. We've been in the New Testament. <clears throat> Joshua 7. Black Bible, Black Bible, Black Bible, Black Bible. What is it? 182. Thank you, sisters. 182 if you're in the Black Bible. And I am so honored that you would be getting into the scriptures with us, even in the freshness of it with a brand new Bible. I'm so grateful that you're with us. So Joshua 7 is going to intro our next birthright, our next birthright that we're standing in. So uh, Joshua 7 finds us on the page where uh, the Israelites, um, they're going into Canaan and they have just had a great victory at Jericho. So they have, I mean, if, even if you're not really familiar with the scriptures, you, you may be familiar with the Battle of Jericho. They marched around the city, right? And then the walls just came tumbling down. So that, um, uh, that is the, where we're coming out of in the story. And then they get to Ai. And what happened, though, at Jericho, Jericho is that some people, it's actually the sin of Achan, but one of the Israelites took some things he should not have taken. God told them to destroy everything in Jericho. But somebody said, oh, I really like that piece of jewelry, like the ones out there for sale today. Uh, so, <clears throat> so they took some things. They took some things that were supposed to be destroyed. And then they go, after this huge, magnificent battle and win at Jericho, they go into Ai and fail miserably. This next city, Ai. Ai is the name. Um, and so they're there, and Joshua... He, in verse 6, we see he has this conversation with the Lord, and he is just saying, what in the world? You told us that we're going to get the land. We had this huge battle and this huge win at Jericho, and then, then Ai? What, what is happening? He's having this conversation with the Lord, and he is flat on the ground. I'm not going to do it because that would hurt. But he's flat on the ground. He's tearing his clothes. Lord, what are you doing? This is for your name. What are you doing? We're going to pick up the story. At verse 10, he says, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Get up. If I can use our word, stand up. Stand up. Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. That was what I was talking about, the things that should have been destroyed. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot what? They cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more. Oh. It's quite a judgment right there from the Lord. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up and consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, there are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot before your enemies until you take away the devoted things from among you. Our third birthright 
our third circle in our bullseye is repentance. Get up and deal with some sin or you will not be able to stand against your enemy. I'm going to use this Old Testament story and bring us into the new covenant. We're in the new age now that we are post-Christ's walk on this planet. But I believe that I could still prove my point here from the New Testament that if we refuse to repent, we will not stand against our enemy. If we refuse to get up and stand in some repentance, we will not stand against our enemy. We will live in defeat. I just, I had to tell you, that Mighty Warrior song is just one that just, oh, just really kind of gets me. Just really kind of gets me. Yeah, I want to hit something. That's right. It's usually good that no one's beside me because Kelsey kind of goes, okay, when we're doing that song, right? Because he's a mighty warrior, right? And he defeated sin and death for our sins so that we can have the right to repent and stand in some repentance. One of our most valuable birthrights is repentance. Repentance is our greatest weapon against the enemy's schemes in our lives. Because listen up. The scriptures tell us that we have a hungry, angry, prowling lion who hates us and is ready to devour us. And if we refuse to flee from him in repentance, turn, change our mind, and go the other way, we will not walk in victory. We will not. Which we've already seen in our previous session. We have. We have the grace, and we have the freedom. But if our next circle, repentance, doesn't happen, We're not going to walk in victory. I have to ask you, ladies, what's your sin in the camp? What's your sin in the camp? What are you hanging on to? What is the thing? What is the thing that you have got to repent of? You know what the word of God says, and it's time to repent. It's time to agree with God, change our mind, and go forth. Go to 1 Corinthians 12. Freedom is too important. I I guarantee you, whatever sin that you and I think is that thrilling is not as thrilling as freedom. 
it's not. 1 Corinthians 10. And in the Black Bible, did I say that, 1 Corinthians 10? Yeah, I, I'm sorry, 10, 10, 10, 10, sorry. I can read my own writing, I'm, I'm sure. 9.57 in the Black Bible, 1 Corinthians 10. Too many numbers are happening in my head right now. I think that's the problem. Okay, 1 Corinthians 10, 12. That's where the 12 came from. 10, 12. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he... Take heed, lest he. If any of us in this room think that we're standing, but we're not repenting of sin, we're not keeping a short leash, a short account with the Lord, take heed. You are about to fall. 13. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. You can repent. You can have victory over sin. Your third circle in the bullseye. Stand in repentance, because here's the thing. When, when grace, when the gospel that we stand in, when it tells me that there is nothing I can do to make God love me more and there's nothing I can do to make him love me less, repentance is easy. Repentance is easy because I know I'm not going to be found with condemnation or judgment. I'm going to be found with grace. So uh, the Lord knows our frame, the psalmist says. He knows we're weak. He knows we're going to sin. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> he knows we're going to sin. But he says, this grace that I've allowed you to stand in, come to me so I can give it to you. Every single day, practically to your mind, to your hearts, don't misunderstand me, you already have the grace if you're in Christ. Us taking it in and believing it, walking it out, is again a different story. Yes? Repentance. Repentance. We must examine our lives every single day and be sure that we are standing in repentance. But here's the thing. You've got to write this down if you're taking notes. You have to because I do not want to be misquoted. You don't repent because it's the right thing to do. Our righteous standing in Christ simply motivates us to stand in repentance. Our, I'm going to say that again. Our righteous standing in Christ, knowing, like I said, that there's nothing I can do to make him love me more, and there's nothing I can do to make him love me less, that motivates me to stand in repentance. Yes? If I have a God who loves me so much that he sent his only son to die for me, for my sins, then I know that I can come to him and say, Remember those sins that you died for? Yeah, I, I, I did that. <laughs> I did that today. Again. You need to stand in some repentance. Ladies, what's the sin in your camp? What's the sin in my camp? We need to repent. Our fourth birthright. 
<clears throat> we are moving right along. This day is going to go by like that, FYI. Our fourth circle in. This is my favorites. Go to Ephesians 6. This one's one of our favorites. You got your pen ready to write on that line on your bullseye? <clears throat> We're going to see it right here. Standing. Standing. <clears throat> Ephesians 6. Sorry. Got me running. It's 979 in the Black Bible. <clears throat> Again, those of you who have been sisters for a long time, read this with fresh eyes. It's your birthright. 6, verse 10. <clears throat> Finally, <clears throat> be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to. against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You want to talk about some power? Power. Power. That's your word. That's your fourth birthright. We stand in power. Back to verse 11. You may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. I'm going to keep going as you're writing power. 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. 14, stand therefore. This is actually, I'm glad to be here um, at this point in the, the message because this is actually what I was studying when the word dropped. Can you imagine why? <laughs> <clears throat> Again, wasn't anything for prepping for this event. It was just my own time, own Bible study. And how many times did we just read that? Four, four times in those two, three verses? And it just dropped. And that's when that, there was this passage that the Lord started our theme for the, for the day. One of the greatest gifts that comes from our standing as a child of God is access to his power. Access to his power his power. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4 says that we are jars of clay holding surpassing power. Powerful. What if a hundred of us, we're at a hundred now, somebody walked in. Is that not great news? We're at a hundred now. What if a hundred women in Southern Maryland really, really believed that you are powerful because you have the spirit of the living Christ inside of you. What would happen? What could happen? What could happen? Power, power resides in each one of us. Go to Romans 8. It's, it's risky to tell you where to go when I'm not looking at my notes. It really is. So I was like, I hope that's where I'm going next. Yes, and it is. Good, good, good. So Romans 8. Romans 8 is 944 on the Black Bible, in the Black Bible. Romans 8. I got a verse 
for what I just told you because honestly, it's too good to be true. Feels too good to be true that the God of the universe has deposited in each one of us his very spirit and sealed us over. He's in there. He ain't getting out if you are a child of God. Romans 8, 11. I got a verse. It's one of my favorite things to say. I got a verse. I got a verse. I got a verse. Usually in context, but you know, whatever. <laughs> All right, eight eleven. Romans eight eleven. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, that would be God the Father. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. The spirit that said dead body rise lives in you. The spirit that was hovering over the body of Christ Jesus and saw his eyes pop open in that tomb with angels doing this over his tomb, over himself, over the body. That's the spirit that lives in you. So one of your birthrights in our, in our bullseye is power. 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 You're in Romans 8. Jump down a little bit to 37. 37. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. More than. Not just a conqueror. Take that one more step, and we're more than that. We're more than that. Uh, I had to um, praise the Lord this morning in my time with him very early. Uh, it was this verse that jumped out at me, and it said, I'm not going to have it in the right version, actually. I looked at another version. It said, by God's power, we will conquer. And I knew this is where we were going, and so I just loved it. I just spent some time in that this morning, praying, I need your power today, Lord. I need to be full because this ain't happening <laughs> without, without you. And I know that I conquer by God's power. <clears throat> Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3. Access to God's power. In and of ourselves, we are nothing. Let me be clear. That's why I said it the way I did. We have access to God's power. We ourselves don't have the power. Is that clear? We are the jars of clay who get filled with the supernatural. I refuse to have a natural day. I want to have a supernatural day. I, just want, to, I want to see supernatural. Anybody else? Like anybody game for that? Like anybody game for like praying and like seeing it happen? Like seeing him answer it? I mean, why not? <laughs> That's what I would like. Because I ain't natural. I'm supernatural. It's my birthright. Ephesians 3, <clears throat> 16. This is Paul talking to the church at Ephesus and he is just all about some power. Some power here. We're at 316. This is 
He's praying. He's telling them that he prays for them. He says, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Jump down to 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. Flip flip probably one page or two in your Bibles and we're going to get Ephesians 1. Just a page or two backwards to Ephesians 1. Verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards immeasurable greatness? Anybody game for that? Immeasurable greatness of power. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? His great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Here's what I wrote down. The same immeasurable greatness of power that allowed Christ to sit empowers me to stand. The same immeasurable greatness of power. We can't even get our minds around it. It's immeasurable, Paul says. Immeasurable greatness of power. And it's in us. I just, uh, it just makes me want to like kick something. It's like, that's in me. Like, get out somehow. I don't know what I need to do to get that out. What time is it? First Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. You know, it's just a sad day when you have to look at your notes and go, how oh, can I really go there? Can I really say that? Do I have the time? It's just sad, but I'm praying for wisdom. 1 Corinthians 15. Are you having fun? Are you having fun? You don't lie to me. Well, lie to me, actually, if you're not. <laughs> just tell me you are. Just, I, because... You know, my identity is in Christ, but I still want you to have fun. Uh, so we're back to the same verse that we looked at in the first session. I need you to see this, though. Uh, so we're back to Roman, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and again, it's 961 in the Black Bible. So we've seen this verse already, but I need to remind you of it. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you? Okay. So this is what's so cool about this point, this birthright. So the gospel in which we stand, right? 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 Okay, remember that, the gospel in which we stand. Now flip, same book, chapter 1. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. Should be a couple pages over. 1 Corinthians, chapter 1. And if you are new to the scriptures, I apologize. You can write me an email if you want. You You just need to stay in one place. You need to stay in one place. But the beauty of the scriptures is that it's all over the place, and he works it all together. 1 Corinthians 15, we saw that we are standing in the gospel, but here's the thing. 1 Corinthians 1.18 tells us, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the? So what are we standing in? We're standing in power. We're standing in the power of God. Isn't that not beautiful? I'm sorry, I did not write this lesson. I really didn't. I'm not that good. God did. God did. It's too beautiful. It's too beautiful. You are standing in power. Again, 
It's going to be my caveat for each of these points. Whether or not you and I choose to walk in it, it's another story. But it is your birthright to stand in grace and in freedom and in repentance and in power. It's your birthright. So here's what was fun for me as I continued to do some word study. I saw a couple themes. And um, under this point in power, I want to make, um, make a distinction. Sometimes God's power is best displayed in us when we are standing alongside. Standing alongside. And I'm going to prove that to you in the scriptures. Go to Acts 1. Acts 1, the very beginning of the church. Acts 1. Acts 1. Usually when I continue to repeat things, it's just like I'm trying to think of the next thing to say. So that's what that is. Uh, 909. Acts 1. 909 in the Black Bible. <clears throat> Verse, uh, chapter 909, or page 909. Acts 1. This is um, Jesus talking to his disciples right before he ascends into, into heaven. And he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up. Jesus is ascending into heaven. After his resurrection, he spent some time with his disciples now he is ascending into heaven. Am I wrong? Something? Oh, am I not wrong? First eight. Sorry, I didn't say verse. I'm sorry. Sorry. One eight. I apologize. But you will receive power. That was the point of that of reading that verse. But this is Jesus now, and I'm at verse ten. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, "Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven?" This Jesus who is taking up, stand, right? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go. So this is what we got. Standing, gazing into heaven. That's what Acts 1 says. And these guys say, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm looking at Jesus right now, and he's gone, and I don't really know what to do right now because a lot of people are angry about this whole thing. So we're watching. So we're standing, and he's gone. And so they go into the upper room, you know, the continued of of Acts 1. Go into the upper room, and they're there, and they have to do some business items with getting another um, another one of the 12 because, well, we know about Judas, and that didn't go well. And so they've got to do some business that way. But then we see that Pentecost comes, which is the Holy Spirit falls. The Holy Spirit falls. Holy Spirit falls. Go to 2-2. Acts 2-2. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. They were what? Sitting. They were sitting. They were sitting. They're filled with the Holy Spirit, verse 4 says. And then they begin to speak in tongues, and in the, in the middle of two here, we keep going, and, and these people are hearing their, 
own language. Like, who are these people? These are Galileans, yet I'm hearing my, hearing my language. Because the Holy Spirit had come upon these men, and they were speaking, speaking according to everyone's language. I need you to get to 14. 2, verse 14. But Peter, the leader of the church, what's that next word? Standing with the 11. Standing with the 11. And we know he goes on to preach one of the most powerful sermons of the church. And where 3,000 people out of hundreds of thousands who were gathered in Jerusalem become Christians. The power that came by standing with the 11. Of course, the Holy Spirit had fallen on them. But sometimes we get to stand in power alongside of others. Is that fair? Sometimes we get to stand in power alongside of others. I'm going to read Philippians 1 to you. You can go there if you'd like, but I'm going to read it to you for sake of time. Philippians 1:27. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the sake of the gospel. Standing side by side. Who in your life are you standing side by side with? Do you have anybody? They're there. We're here. We want to stand side by side with you. We welcome you. We welcome you into our midst to stand side by side in power. <clears throat> we need our sisters, do we not? Because sometimes God's power is best displayed in us when we are standing alongside. And sometimes it is best displayed when we stand alone. I need you to look at the screen. And I need you to take a look at this picture. Can we kill those lights? I don't think you're on it. Awesome. Can you see that little dude standing at the flagpole? That was on Wednesday. Standing, uh, see you at the pole, happened across the, I don't know if it's worldwide or not, but um, this was a picture that started circulating one tiny little dude all by himself. And again, I told you I didn't write this lesson. I didn't. I couldn't have done that. God did. But um, this is not the same child. This actually happened at least a couple times. I found a blog, um, and this mom wrote it. She posted a similar picture of her boy all alone at a flagpole. The air on Facebook has felt a bit toxic to me lately, so I announced I'd be taking a little hiatus. I needed some space between me and all the heated political discussions, the finger-pointing and name-calling. I looked forward to the open space free from Facebook notifications. For this reason, a friend of mine knew I wouldn't see the thread in a local community group she'd tagged me in, and yet it was a tag I would not want to miss. So she texted me. <clears throat> At first, I couldn't understand why she felt it so vital I see this particular thread. It was about a young man who'd stood alone that morning around his school's flagpole, praying in observance of the annual See You at the Pole Day for students. 
Members of the community were chiming in, praising both the students and his parents. I don't know who he was, but his mama and daddy should be proud. That takes courage. He's obviously a young man of great character, one man commented. As I scrolled through pictures, it hit me. The boy who stood alone at the pole was my boy. They were talking about my son. The little boy I'd rocked to sleep in blue airplane pajamas when he was sick. The toddler who'd loved Elmo and couldn't go to sleep without holding his VeggieTales characters in his hand had captured the attention of our community by standing alone. By doing everything we'd ever taught him, everything we'd ever hoped he would do, I was completely undone. I read on through the thread, people who professed no faith commended my son for standing up for his. Some folks said there are clearly still good parents out there. Can I pause for a moment and tell you how rarely I feel like a good mom? As someone who battles chronic illness, the sensation of failing is a constant in my life. There's never enough of me to go around. I never feel present enough. There's never a time in which I can offer as much of me to my husband, my children, my community as I long to, and yet strangers were praising my parenting. I texted my son at school and told him, you should know that people in our community are going crazy about a young man who stood at a flagpole alone and prayed this morning. They're talking about what amazing young man he must be and how proud his parents should be. And I want you to know that your parents are so proud of you. You are an amazing young man. I love you so much. When Hayden came home from school with tears in his eyes, we read through the hundreds of comments together. He told me with sheer amazement in his voice that he stood alone and prayed. The cry of his heart had been, God, as people drive by, let them wonder. Let their hearts be pricked. He laughed and said, it's crazy because it's like he answered this in a big way. My son says at first he thought he would simply pray until someone else came along. Eventually he realized no one else was coming. Then the cry of his heart changed. He asked that God would do something with his standing alone. So to you, wherever it is in your life, you stand alone. Be it a flagpole or a marriage or a place of work or a seemingly impossible situation. I believe my son would like to remind you God can do big things with your standing alone. Perhaps for now, you are praying until someone else shows up or takes notice. God sees, he knows, and he can do big things. Standing alone. Our final point in our bullseye. Eek. Gosh, I need a tissue. Ah, I'm going to snivel through the whole thing. All right, our next, our final, thank you, girl. Thank you, thank you. Our next and final point as far as our bullseye goes is our I'm not going to tell you yet. All right, go to Acts 26. Acts 26. Anybody getting a word? I know I did. I know I am. I don't even have kids and that got me. Jeez. Oh, there's our switch. Thank you, sir. Acts 26. Acts 26. And it is page... Three, 935. 935. Acts 26, verse 9. I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things. This is Paul talking, and he's telling his testimony before King Agrippa, the Apostle Paul. 
I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving the authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in, the, in all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme. And in raging fury against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. Verse 12. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. This is Jesus appearing to him. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 15, and I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. 16, but rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. And he goes on to give Paul his purpose. Purpose is our fifth and final center of our bullseye. Purpose. Stand up and walk out your purpose. Stand up. Jesus said to Paul, stand up. I've appointed you for a purpose. Stand up. I've appointed you for a purpose. I can prove to you in the word of God that you have been created for a purpose. It's not hard to find proof. (laughs) So that would be an easy one. If that's one of your questions, it's an easy one. The bullseye, grace, freedom, repentance, power, purpose is dead center for a reason. All of this, all of this focuses in on our purpose because Ephesians 2.10 tells us that you were created with good works in mind before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 2.10, mark that down. But if we don't walk in all of them, initially, uh, I'll let you into the whole process of teaching. Initially, I had it that I was going across, that I was going to kind of walk it out for you, and you're all going to be separate circles, right? But then I thought, no, it's not separate. It's not separate. It's all together. It's where the bullseye came from. And it's all working together that if we really believe we're standing in grace, and we really believe that we are free, and we can walk it out in victory, and if we really choose to keep a short account with the Lord and and examine ourselves and repent when he calls us to, and we stand in some power, we will not miss our purpose. You won't. I think that's always one of the scary things. I want to be in the will of God. How do I know if I'm in the will of God? Well, get get in the bullseye, and you'll be in the, you'll be walking out your purpose. You won't miss it. You're standing daily in the grace, freedom, repentance, and power of God. You will walk your purpose. This world is so lost trying to find out who they are, right? Just want to know why, I was, why I'm here. 
Why, why am I still here if somebody gets in an accident? Why, if they get healed of cancer, why am I still here? You won't miss it. I guarantee it. As a child of God, you will not miss it if you stand in the center of that bullseye. You won't miss it. And I just thought this, this kind of came to me as I was doing some, some work on it. Sometimes our purpose is walking out something God has called us to do. But sometimes I believe that part of our purpose is standing in the gap for others. Is that fair? Standing in the gap for others. Um, Paul, over and over again in his letters, he thanks the churches for praying for him. Second um, Corinthians 1, 11 tells them that your prayers, your prayers, your prayers, <clears throat> standing in the gap for people, that's part of our purpose. It's part of accomplishing God's beautiful will, bringing the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth. Oh my, ladies, our time, our time, our time. A couple things as far as purpose. Can I just be so bold? We will not stand in our purpose if we refuse to turn our phones off. I, I'm telling it to myself first. This is on airplane mode. <laughs> I'm not worried about Facebook right now for more reasons than, than uh, maybe you, but um, this will steal our lives. It will steal our lives. It will steal your life. Literally, it will take hours away from us. This is all technology. I'm an iPhone person, in case anyone's wondering. This one's very cracked at this point, but does anyone know anyone that replaces screens? Let me know. Um, we will not stand in our purpose if we refuse to turn our phones off. If we re refuse to, to engage in spiritual things and refuse to engage in this book. To fully stand in our purpose, you have got to be in this book. And this is not any kind of condemnation. This is not any kind of duty. This is the book that God wrote in our hands. His very breath, fresh on the page. It has spoken to each and every one of you differently this morning. It has spoken, it has taught us through the Holy Spirit who wrote it, quickening the Spirit within us. It has talked to us. To stand in our purpose, we have to be in this book. One final verse to kind of seal this session. Psalm 57. Psalm 57. Psalm 57. Psalm 57. And here is 
Psalm 50, Psalms are right smack in the middle of your Bible. Pretty much if you just open right up, you'd find it right in the middle. But it's on page 477 in the Black Bible. Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high, if we could paraphrase that, the most powerful, God most high, God most powerful being in existence. I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Ladies, this can be really overwhelming when we think about repentance and, and walking in power. What does it even look like? And then and finding our purpose, walking in our purpose, walking in our calling. But here's the thing. God, most high, we can cry out to, and he hears us. And the God who will fulfill his purpose for me listens to you. And he will help you. And he will give you guidance. Stop worrying. Don't leave out of here today thinking, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Just ask him. Just ask him. Help me walk in repentance, power, and purpose. Our next session, we will just wrap all this up together our bullseye is done now, though. Where are, we, where are our, our layers of our bullseye? First one is. Second one is. Third one is. Fourth one is. And fifth one is. Ladies, we have purpose, and I got a verse. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that you have made us righteous, and thank you that you have given us birthrights birthrights to walk in. May these women continue to dial in their belief and their knowing and their really owning their birthrights in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Courtney. Um, I know kind of as a, a new mom, I look at that story and say like, man, I want people to stand with my daughter, but I want that to be my daughter. You know, and I want my children to be able to do that. And I don't know if they planned it, but there are there were Kleenexes on your tables. So uh, I hope that helped. Help. But you know what I took away from this? The fact that, you know, every night my husband and I, we pray over my daughter and for our future uh, son. But that we, especially, you know, as a mother, as a wife, as a teacher, as a coach, as an employer, I have that power first. You know, and I have that power to go to the, the throne and there's repentance and, um, you know, there's purpose in what I do as a mother. There's purpose in what I do as a wife, as a teacher, as a coach, and whatever you guys do. So I hope that continues to encourage.